for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Good everyone and welcome to today's Living Life. A uh, couple, many years ago when I was in university, uh, in my bachelor studies, I was taking like a class course on introductory laws, something like legal studies, and I learned something very interesting. I learned that while you're driving, if you were to cause or be part of an accident because of the act of sneezing, right? Technically, that is not your 100% fault because it is deemed or categorized as an act of God, quote unquote, right? That's not my words. Um, that's how they categorize, kind of like natural disasters, basically, right? Um, now, when I heard that, when I read that, um, I was actually very relieved because I am one of those people who sneeze very violently. You know, I've seen people, especially women, girls, they like, <gasps> They sneeze. I mean, it's like an implosion. Mine is an absolute atomic explosion. Like, I, I'm sorry, especially during COVID, I shouldn't talk about things like this, but it's, it's loud, it's big, it's very outwardly, so I have to be very careful. But I've actually thought about it. while I'm driving, I sneeze and like, you know, you close your eyes without realizing it. So I was very relieved when I heard this. And now, by the way, this is Australia. As far as I know, I don't know if it's the same everywhere else in the world, so please don't test it. But Today's passage is kind of, you know, re, um, made me reminisce of this kind of act of God, phenomenon, natural disaster, catastrophe kind of a scenario. So let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Job chapter 1 verses 13 through 22. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. 
Now, before we talk about the main portion of today's passage in Job, I want to read to you another passage. It's a little bit long. I'm going to kind of speed read through it. It's kind of like a parallel, right? And it's from another part of the Old Testament. Your ox, it says, this is God speaking, by the way, shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat any of it. Your donkey shall be seized before your face, but shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, but there shall be no one to help you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people, while your eyes look on and fail with longing for them all day long, but you shall be helpless. A nation that you have not known shall eat up the fruit of your ground and all of your labors, and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually, so you are driven mad by the sights that you see that your eyes see. The Lord will strike you on the knees and on the legs with uh, grievous boils, of which you cannot be healed, from the sole of your foot to the crown of your head. Now, doesn't it sound familiar, right, to basically what we read in today's passage? Where do you think this comes from? Some of you may actually know. This comes from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 31 to 35. And this is God speaking to the Israelites, warning them against disobedience within their covenant, their covenant with God. Just as God promised them, He is also warning them, if you do not obey and keep these promises, this is what will happen. Interestingly, what happens to Job in today's passage is very much in line with these warnings and curses that God gives to the Israelites. So all of these things happens to Job, and so what does Job do? Right. He, it says in verse 20, stood up, tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground in worship. Now, the tearing of the robe and the shaving of the head, we read elsewhere in the Old Testament. And it's something kind of, you know, that they did in the near Far Eastern, you know, Middle Eastern region and area, you know, many BCs ago. Now, there's an interesting word here at the end of the verse, to worship. So he tears off his robe, he shaves his head in kind of like mourning, disbelief, and sadness, and depression. But then he falls to the ground and worships. Now, literally, from the, old, uh, from the original Hebrew, the word is to prostrate. Now, to prostrate is not just to bow or to bow very deeply. It is literally to put your face on the ground. Right? Have you ever tried that? Um, I've kind of tried that once in a while when I pray and when I feel like I need to physically go lower as a representation of my spirit, you know, spirit and repentance. But try that wherever you may be in your prayers, if you feel led to, to literally not just bow or kneel very, you know, bowed over, but literally go flat on the ground with your face on the ground like this, with your arms out or just completely flat as close to the ground as possible. That is the picture of prostrating and that is related and connected to the idea of worship. Isn't that interesting? Now, the prostration is a response to something amazing, remarkable that God has done and it represents our acknowledgement and, and acceptance of what God did. So Job, in this time of sadness, like just craziness really, having lost everything, even including his family, his sons and daughters, he prostrates in worship. He's acknowledging God and accepts even what God has done. 
Now, every major translation, English translation of this word, they use worship, by the way. I looked up, you know, most of them. Now, interestingly, the first time that the word worship is used in the Bible, by the way, is found in Genesis chapter 22, verse 5. This is when um, God told Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. And then um, Abraham takes his son on a donkey, some wood, uh, and a servant, and he goes to like, you know, a mountain to do the sacrificing. And then in verse 5, it says, Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. I've always been fascinated with this verse. And, you know, as a worship leader, praise leader, just the first instance of the word worship. So I looked it up and lo and behold, this worship is also the same word for prostrate that is used in today's passage. So Abraham is saying, I'm going to go there and prostrate. I'm going to go accept and acknowledge God, even in this command that God told me to carry out. God's, uh, Job's response to worship in the face of his absolute and utter desolation uh, and Abraham's worship being told to offer his only son that he got after 100 years of waiting, right? It is the acknowledgement and acceptance of the will of God. And doesn't this also remind you of another incident in the New Testament of another person? Luke chapter 22, verses 41 to 42 says, And he, that's Jesus, withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not your will, but your, not my will, but yours be done. I remind you again what I said yesterday, that Job is not the one on trial. Technically, if anyone, it is God. And just as the near sacrifice of Isaac was a foreshadowing of Jesus, so is Job, this foreigner, non-Israelite, non-Jew, you know, and possibly long before Abraham, like I mentioned yesterday, Job is a foreshadowing of Jesus and how he lost everything so that the will of God might be fulfilled. Jesus loses everything in order to satisfy the justice of God and the groundwork of that began in the story of Job. So, the justice that could only be satisfied by the one who was wronged, that is, God, sacrificing himself in the place of the ones that are in the wrong. I mean, how does this even work? Like, in our justice system, you would not, this would not make any sense at all. But as we continue reading the book of Job, we are going to see things more and more from God's perspective and His idea of justice. As we continue reading the book of Job, I want us to see that the ideal and the idea of justice of God is going to become the main theme in this book. Not so much the evil, not so much the Satan or Satan or what happens to Job and whether it's fair or unfair. The idea of the justice of God from God's perspective, that is the main theme and idea. And you're going to see that more as the three friends of Job come and they start presenting their ideas, which are human ideas and wisdom. We all have our view, our opinion, our perspective on everything, right? Including God and the justice of God. But the book of Job reminds us that he is God, we are not. That 
as he reveals at the end of the book of Job, we have no way of understanding, like even just a little bit of the deity of God, the greatness of God. And so in the face of God and his will, even as we lose everything, we go through the highs and the lows, the sufferings and the joys, all we can do is worship. We prostrate completely as low to the ground as possible, as low to the ground, the dust from whence we came, and we acknowledge and accept God's will for our lives. Otherwise, we risk setting our ideals and opinions of God above God himself. And that is the complete opposite of worship. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day that you have made for us, O Lord. You have made this day for us to enjoy you, to worship you. And as we continue um, through the book of Job, help us to see and help us to understand what true worship is, to approach you as you are, Lord, according to your standards, not ours and not our ideas. Help us to worship in spirit and truth accordingly as we dwell upon your word and grow in accordance with your word, Lord. We thank you and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, lifting up all the stepping in closer.